Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Today's Tuesday, February the 28th. I'm Mark Matthews, Head of Research Asia at Bank Julius Baer, and welcome to our weekly Beyond Markets update. At the beginning of the year, the market was willing to give inflation the benefit of the doubt. Now it's not so sure, especially after the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index for the month of January was released last Friday. It's one of the two most important measures of inflation in the United States, the other one being the Consumer Price Index. Well, we already knew the Consumer Price Index was higher in January than economists were expecting because it was released the week before last. And unfortunately, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index was higher in January than economists expected too. The core reading, in other words, excluding food and energy prices, rose 4.7% year-on-year. Well, that was higher than December's 4.4%, and it was higher than the 4.3% that economists had expected. On top of these higher inflation readings, economic data in the United States has also been very strong. To give three examples, Consumer spending rose 1.8% in January over December, the largest increase in almost two years. Durable goods orders in January, excluding the volatile aircraft orders component, were up 0.8% over December. And pending home sales, where the seller and the buyer have agreed on a price but the deal isn't finalized, those were up 8.1% in January, the largest gain in two and a half years. Those were all January readings, but the economic strength seems to have rolled into February too. Take, for example, the Purchasing Managers Index. Economists were looking for a reading of 47.5, so below the 50 mark, indicating contraction in the private sector. Indeed, in January, the number was below 50. It was 46.8, but it rose to 50.2 in February, ending seven straight months below the 50 mark. And lastly, in February, according to the University of Michigan, its widely watched consumer sentiment index rose 3.2% to its highest level in a year. Like everybody else, our economist David Cole has been surprised by these numbers, and because of them, he decided to revise Julius Baer's estimate for GDP growth in America this year from 0.9% to 1.9%. That's a big change. He also revised our estimates for rate hikes. David said that, in his opinion, the Fed and other major central banks actually don't need to raise rates anymore, but he thinks that, judging by their recent declarations, they're still in a rate-raising mood because they want to repair their reputations from the last two years, when they were caught wrong-footed by the speed and persistence of inflation, and some say they reacted to it too late. Indeed, yesterday, Federal Reserve Governor Philip Jefferson said changing the Fed's 2% inflation target could destabilize well-anchored inflation expectations, and he added, I am under no illusion that it's going to be easy to get the inflation rate back down to 2%. So from no more rate hikes, David Cole now sees two more rate hikes of 25 basis points each, one in March and one in May, and higher rates do have an impact on economic activity over time. The lag is about 12 months, so our growth forecasts for next year have to come down, and David sees just 0.3% GDP growth in the United States next year, down from a previous forecast of 1.8%. So that's also a big change. 
the markets revised its expectations too. At the beginning of February, Fed fund futures were pricing in a terminal rate, in other words, the highest and last rate in the rate hike cycle, of 4.9% to come sometime this summer. They're now looking for a terminal rate of 5.4%, slightly more than the 5.25% that we now expect. Important, too, is what's happening in the two-year Treasury note yield. It's important because historically, the two-year Treasury note yield always signaled the end of rate hike cycles by peaking and rolling over a few weeks before the last one. And indeed, it looked like the two-year Treasury yield was rolling over from November to the beginning of February. Unfortunately, since then, it's risen very quickly, and last Thursday, the yield surpassed its November high of 4.7%. Today, it's at 4.8%, highest since 2007. 4.8% for a risk-free U.S. government bond is not bad. So the benchmark stock index, the Standard & Poor's 500, fell 2.7% last week. That's its third week in a row that it was down and From its high this year on February 2nd, when it had a total year-to-date return of 9%, the S&P has now returned 4% year-to-date. Mind you, 4% by the end of February is hardly something to be upset about. That's 2% per month. If we were to clock in that same return every month for the rest of this year, the S&P would be up over 25%, which it might well end up doing. Never say never. And maybe it's a good time to state our house view quoting our chief investment officer, Yves Bonson, that view is that the change in market mood on fears of an overheating of the economy and more interest rate hikes is vastly exaggerated. We, in fact, welcome the revision in market expectations for interest rates because if what futures thought was going to happen a month ago had ended up happening, in other words, we were going to get big rate cuts in the second half of this year, well, The only reason why there would have been big rate cuts is if there was going to be a recession. Now it doesn't look like there's going to be one. Our view is that the bull market that started last October can continue, even if the U.S. policy rate settles at about five and a quarter and stays there for a while. The economy is in good shape. The market is just climbing a wall of worry, as it does in every new bull run. Our technical analyst, Mensor Pochinsi, agrees. He sees many of the important stocks that make up stock market benchmarks still coming out of lengthy consolidation periods, and he expects the market to rebound in March. Of course, he could be wrong. The market's impossible to predict over the short term. It could go down, and people would surely wring their hands and be upset if it does. But just remember that since 1950, the S&P's average intra-year decline was 14%. That's much worse than the 5% decline we've experienced since February 3rd. And yet, despite that, in 57 out of those 73 years, it closed the year up. And including reinvested dividends, it compounded over that period an average annual return of 11% per year. The message is, the market goes up, the market goes down. It's just something we have to accept. But over the long term, it does go up. And 11% per year is a number that's pretty hard to beat. This is Mark Matthews signing off for now. I wish you a great week ahead and we'll speak with you again next week. Goodbye. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German 
where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in Germany. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.